Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. When you begin to renew your mind on the righteousness of God, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just as righteous as Jesus, amen? Jesus has become my righteousness. And uh, when you do that, when you now begin to renew your mind, now the Holy Spirit uh, has something to work with. Now the Holy Spirit uh, can, can work on the inside of you and he can, and grace can teach you. You see, grace teaches you as we learn, as you learn to think in accordance with what the word of God says about you. Flip over to uh, Colossians chapter uh, 2, verse 11. I want to show you some more scriptures here. Uh, and so when you begin to identify as who you are in Christ, you're not under the law because you're born again. You're not under the law because you've always already been declared righteous. And so now you, you walk in that. And when you fall short, you, just, you don't beat yourself up. No, Lord, thank you that, that I've already been cleansed from this. Thank you that your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I receive the forgiveness for that now. And then you move on. You see, this is how the Christian life is supposed to work. Uh, the, the past is over, friend. You're a brand new self. Now what you got to do is you got to literally awaken to who you are. The Bible says awaken to righteousness. That means... Uh, you don't have to become righteous. Just realize you already are righteous because you're in, in Christ. You see, righteousness is the condition of your born-again spirit. Righteousness, watch this now, friends, righteousness is not how you live. No, righteousness is who you are. That's identity. Now, holiness is the fruit of righteousness. That's how you live. You're righteous simply as a result of being in Christ. Now, when you believe you're righteous, then you'll bear the fruit of holiness. Now, to be holy simply means to be set apart. It means to be uh, not common. The opposite of holiness is, is to be common. It's to do things the way everybody else does it. It's to be just like, like the world. Amen. But no, you've been, you've been set apart. To be holy means you do things the way God does it. Amen. You do things according to God's kingdom. And friend, you discover that's the greatest joy there is. Uh, Satan is no longer going to lie to you, uh, you know, getting you to think that uh, his ways and the ways of the world are more enjoyable. No, those are the ways of death. There's no joy in that. Uh, even if it again feels like that for a short moment, ultimately sin is going to mess up your life. No, man, I'm going to tell you something right now. The greatest joy you'll ever experience is serving your God. The greatest joy uh, you'll ever experience is to walk in this world as the righteousness of God. The greatest joy you're ever going to experience is to be uh, set free, to be who he has called you to be, and to walk in your calling that God has for you. Amen. Are you receiving this? Praise God. Praise God. Turn to somebody and says, I am free to live right. Say, I've been set free to live right. We're not set free to sin. Grace sets us free to live right. Look at uh, Colossians 2, uh, 11. I'll read this in the King James, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. 
says basically the same thing. He says, "In whom also in Christ, in Christ, in whom also you ha you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh." Again, it's talking about the sin root, the sin nature, by the circumcision of Christ. <laughs> now, uh, now this is powerful. Um, look at this in the in the New Living Translation. This is awesome. New Living Translation says. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. He says, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Is that clear enough for you? It's pretty clear, huh? Pretty, pretty plain, pretty straightforward. He says, Christ cut away your sinful nature. And so now you just got to believe who you are in Him. Don't fall into the lie of thinking your behavior determines who you are. No. Your identity, when you believe your identity, is going to change your behavior. That's works of faith. Again, works of faith is, I, is born out of, out of faith. I believe on Jesus. I believe who He's made me to be. That gives birth to my actions now. Now, uh, he says you're circumcised. I think this is pretty awesome. Uh, with a, uh, a spiritual circumcision. <laughs> you may have not known this, friends, but you are circumcised. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're male or female, you are circumcised. Uh, because uh, remember, I told you a few weeks ago that everything in the Old Covenant is a type. The anti-type is found in Christ. Everything in the Old Covenant is a, is a, uh, a shadow. The reality is in Christ. Now watch this. Uh, somebody says, Alex, why did God have them have all the males be circumcised in the Old Covenant? Uh, well, you know, and people say all kinds of stuff. They say it's a cultural thing. No. The, the circumcision in the Old Covenant, friends, was a type, and it was actually foreshadowing the true circumcision, which is a spiritual circumcision, which is literally the cutting away of the sin nature, the, 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 the removing of that spiritual deadness that was in your spirit. Uh, that's the spiritual circumcision. And so the circumcision in the Old Covenant was a type that was actually foreshadowing the time in which we find now where we are circumcised, but not physically, friends. No, now we got the reality. Now we're circumcised in our born-again spirits. Praise God. In your spirit, you are completely pure. In your spirit, you've been completely cleansed. In your spirit, you're just as righteous as Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Uh, and I just, I'm just going to keep telling you who you are in Christ. That's what trans. That's that's how transformation happens. You see, you can tell if a, if somebody's preaching from the new covenant or the old covenant, because under the old covenant, uh, that's a guy who tells his congregation, you know, uh, you're just you're just no no good sinner. You got to clean up your life. You got to really do better. You need you to do better. No, that's performing under the law. That's not the ministry we have as the church. You see, we we're preaching the new covenant when we tell you about what Jesus has done and when we tell you about who you are in, in Him. Amen. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, uh, verse uh, 30. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this. Watch this. He says, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. That's where you're at. Amen. You're in Christ. And He says, Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Praise God. And that's Jesus, you see. It always comes back to Him, friends. It's all about Jesus. 
Remember, our attention and our focus is on Him continually. And eventually you'll be so busy just beholding Jesus. You know, I'm just beholding Jesus. I'm fellowshipping with Jesus. And, and I'm so busy uh, doing that that I literally don't have time to, uh, you know, I literally don't have time to, uh, to beat myself up over my, uh, over my performance. You know, you get so busy uh, beholding him that, uh, you know, you just get trans- transformed. And, and, and look at what he, what he is for you. Uh, he's become our wisdom. And so, friend, because you're in Christ, there's wisdom available to you. And so you don't fall into the trap. Oh, I don't know what to do here. No, Jesus is your wisdom. And so now by faith, you receive uh, the, the wisdom that he's made available to you. Amen. Jesus is your righteousness, uh, and so you're righteous because you are uh, in him. Amen. Uh, he's your righteousness, uh, he's your sanctification, and he is your redemption. Somebody say, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. And so as we behold Jesus, grace teaches us. Grace does not teach us as we try to perform under the law, grace teaches us as we behold uh, Jesus. Amen. Now, uh, in, the, in the time that we have left, praise God, in the time we have left, I want to uh, cover a little bit now about just really understanding the purpose of the law, you know, because I, I don't want anybody uh, to misunderstand. Uh, we're not talking bad about the law. I want you to understand the law there's nothing wrong with the law. You know, the law is, is actually perfect. And, and, you know, that's the issue. Uh, the law is perfect, but friends, how many know we are not perfect? Amen. Now, you're perfect in Christ, but in your own self, you're not perfect. And remember, the, the, the law was, was directed at, at, at the unsaved person, at, at your flesh, basically. And so... Um, And so uh, we want to understand the purpose of the law, and we want to understand that the law uh, was not given to set anybody free, friends. No, the law was actually given uh, to uh, convict people of of sin, to to show people, uh, praise God, that uh, that we need a Savior. Uh, Look at this in uh, uh, 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. I want us to look at that, because I want us to understand you know, uh, the law is not for us as born-again believers, but uh, there is still a place for the law uh, today. And so I truly believe that anybody uh, who's authentically preaching this new covenant, uh, because I told you before, you know, there's also some, some wrong teaching out there as well, uh, but anybody who's authentically uh, teaching this new covenant, uh, friends, they'll, they'll never talk bad about the law. No, we, we, we reverence the law. We appreciate the law. The law is perfect. It's just not for us in this dispensation. Amen. Now look at this, uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 8. This is important to understand. Now remember, you're not under the law. You're under grace. You're being taught by the Spirit of grace working on the inside of you. But look at this. He says here in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But we know that the law is good if, everybody say if, 
He says, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Now, what does it mean to use the law lawfully? It simply means that you're using the law uh, for the purpose for which it was intended. You know, it's, it's not a, a wrong use of the law. It's a correct use of the law. Verse 9 says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Now, how many of you are righteous? Now, all of your hands should be going up. If, if, you're, if Jesus is your Lord, if you're in Christ, your hand should go up right now. Because a righteous person is a person who is in Christ. Amen. Because we just saw Jesus has become your righteousness. He's your righteousness. And so the law is not for you. He says, the law is not made for a righteous man, but watch this. But the law is made for, for the lawless, for the disobedient, for the ungodly, and for sinners, for unholy, the unholy and, and profane. Uh, the law was made for murderers of fathers, uh, murderers of mothers, for manslayers. Uh, verse 10, for, for whoremongers, uh, for them that, the, that defile themselves with mankind. Uh, the law was made for men-stealers and for liars and for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing uh, that is contrary uh, to, uh, to sound doctrine, uh, verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And so what he's saying is there's still a place for the law, but the law is not for the born-again believer. No, friend, the law still works uh, in the same way it's always worked. Uh, the law shows the unbeliever that they need Christ. You see, to use the law lawfully means that you're using it for the purpose for which it was intended, uh, which is, again, to show, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the church has been very good at, you know, uh, preaching the law, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and so the church has been very good at, at preaching uh, uh, the law, uh, and kind of too good in a, in a sense, because, you know, as a whole, what I believe is that we ought to be sharing the love and the grace of God with, with the world. We ought to be ministering to people uh, about uh, you know, the finished works of Jesus, what he's done for us, and, and, and really that's what's gonna draw people in. But watch this, there's always those people who will say, and honestly that was me before I understood the gospel, uh, that was, you know, it's like somebody who says, well, Alex, I don't know why I should get saved. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's somebody who thinks, you know, uh, I'm doing good according to, to human standards. Amen. And so, uh, and, and, and so I don't need to get saved. And so the law still works in the same way because the law is for that person to show you, well, no matter how good you are in your human standards, it's never going to measure up to the standard of God because the standard of God is, is, is perfect. Amen. And so... And so the law shows us that we can't perform uh, to live up to, to God's standards. And so the law brings us to an end uh, of ourselves, and it shows us we need help. I've told you before, the law, the standards of the law, is kind of like this impossible standard. It's like there's a 30-foot wall, and, 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 and now your task is now go jump over that wall. Well, how many know none of us in here is going to be able to jump over that wall? You see, there was only one person ever able to jump that wall, and that person uh, was Jesus. Amen. The only person, the only man who ever walked the face of the earth who was able to keep the law uh, was Jesus. And so our job is, is to, uh, to put our trust, to put our faith in, in Him. Praise God. Everybody say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Amen. I want you to know we, we can't do this thing without him. We can't do this thing without him. This is not about performance. No, it's about looking at it to him. When you behold Jesus, man, 
that's when transformation takes place in your life. Uh, let's go to Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 13 and 14. I'll finish off with this uh, most likely. <laughs> I say most likely. If we have time, I might get to something else. But if not, we'll just uh, pick it up next week. Uh, but I just want to show you Galatians uh, 3, uh, 13 and, and 14, because I want you to really, I want to drive home today, friends, first of all, your identity in Christ. It's important for you to understand that your identity will determine your behavior. If you catch a hold of who you are, now you understand why you're not under the law. You see, a, a, a born-again person does not need the law. Why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. And so what I want you to understand is this truth about your identity and that, this is very important, that the Holy Spirit has taken the place of the law in the born-again believer. And so this is why it's impossible that grace is a license to sin. No, because grace, you've now got the spirit of grace on the inside of you. Grace is working on the inside of you. He'll make sure, you know, if, if you think that, that, if you hear this and you still think that, uh, I'm kind of concerned, Alex, I think we ought to still uh, work hard to at least keep the Ten Commandments. But what I'm saying is, if the Spirit of Grace is working on the inside of you, He'll teach you to fulfill the righteousness of the law, but He's not going to do it by giving you commandments and saying, you got to perform this in order to be right. No, He'll do it by transforming your heart. Remember, it's about heart transformation. And the Bible said it's out of the heart that the issues of life come. And so when your heart is transformed, a changed life becomes inevitable. There's no transformative value in the law. The law keeps you stuck where you're at. The law is literally um, like a mirror. You know, the law uh, just shows you all that's wrong with you, uh, but it does nothing to fix it. Well, grace shows you how to live right. You see, uh, grace uh, the Spirit of Grace, the Holy Spirit, will not only uh, show you areas where you can improve, and remember, he d it's, it's conviction without condemnation, uh, so there's never any condemnation that comes from Him. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, so He'll just show you areas where you can improve, but watch this, uh, He'll also show you how to do it. Amen. And so, live out of the newness of Spirit is what I'm saying. Trust that He will teach you to, to, to walk in the will of God for your life. Amen. Now let's look at these uh, two verses, and we'll finish it off with this today. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses 13 and uh, 14. He says this. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we're released from the law, and we are redeemed from the law. And so he's saying Jesus has literally purchased, praise God, our freedom from the law. And so you're free. Why? Because Jesus purchased our freedom. And look, the law was not a blessing. The law was a curse. And so he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so on the cross, man, Jesus literally, Jesus took the punishment that came as a result of, of us not being able to keep the law. You see, Jesus already took the curse that came. You know, the, the, remember, the old covenant was, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't do this, you'll be cursed. Now, Jesus took the curse 
amen, in his own body on the cross. And so now you're released from the law. You got the spirit of grace. You got his spirit on the inside of you. The spirit of grace through the word will teach you to live right. And so the result of that is, friends, that under the grace of God, we still get the blessings that came from performing the law, but we don't get any of the curses. You know, how many remember in Deuteronomy 28, there's a lot of blessings, but then the second part of that chapter is about the curses. Now, the, you've been redeemed from all of those curses because of Jesus. Amen. And so, and so you've been set free from that. The blessings, however, still come. Somebody says, Alex, well, that doesn't really, uh, that doesn't seem, you know, doesn't seem like we, we could ever say we've, we've earned it or deserved it. And that's exactly what I'm saying. You'll never be able to earn or deserve the goodness of God. It's unmerited favor. Amen. It's because of Jesus, praise God. It's because of him. Now look at verse 14. I want you to see something here. He says, now Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Verse 14 says, this is why he did it, that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles. You still got the blessings, amen? The blessing of Abraham now can come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and watch this, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, through faith. Now, what I want you to notice is in verse 13, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Verse 14 says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Friend, what I want you to see is that the Holy Spirit has taken the place of the law. The Holy Spirit has taken the place of, of the law. Uh, and, and so the, the radical thing is this, is that in order for me now to be successfully led by the Spirit, I've got to understand that I'm not under the law. You see, as long as I'm still trying to perform... I'm actually hindering the Spirit because, uh, remember, the Bible said it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. Now that says to me that if I'm operating under might or power, I'm blocking the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so, brothers and sisters, I, I really pray that you are catching what I am saying today, which is that you're free from the law and you've been set free from the law so that the Holy Spirit can now teach you to live right. Grace can now teach you to live as the righteousness of God. Amen. This is powerful. You know, anybody who's, who's concerned, well, uh, well what, if I, if I'm, what if I'm going to sin? Well, friend, you're under grace. You understand, well, God still loves me. He's made his unmerited favor available. And now that allows me to receive his goodness. And friend, when I receive his goodness, that makes me good. <laughs> you know, the Bible said he loved us first. And so we love because he loved us first. We can extend grace and mercy to others because, he, because we've received that for ourselves. And so trust in grace who is working on the inside of you. Trust that his spirit on the inside of you will be more powerful than, than you, you know, falling into a mistake. Just, just, just trust him working on the inside of you is what I'm saying. Amen. And as you do this, man, as you walk in this, your life is going to be transformed. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.